no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> The sun is shining, the sky is blue, the temperature is a balmy 20 something degrees, and it's you wouldn't think that it was mid autumn, but me and Wilbur are inside recording a podcast. Here we are. Welcome back to episode 93 of the 40 Yard Switch. <laughs> nice intro. <laughs> now it is very nice today. Um, probably going to heat up in this studio pretty quickly. Yeah, it will. God, it's been a while since we've been like, oh, it's a bit of a hot box in here. But maybe we'll, you know. So much hair <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of hair on my one too. I don't know what's in, in the. It must world. be Pepe. Yeah. It was it was crawling on that uh, before. The cat. Mm. Um, ever the, I was about to say bane of our existence, but absolutely not. That couldn't be further from the truth. We love Pepe. We love Pepe. He's he's in the sun. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about some football, eh? <laughs> um, fair bits transpired. Since uh, we last spoke to you uh, on Friday afternoon, the episode went out on Saturday. Quick turnaround for us. Mm. Yeah, luckily we've been blessed with a with a with a public holiday on Tuesday, which has made things. A bit yeah, easier. it's made it a lot easier because we <laughs> needed to preview this game too. Yeah, so some big games coming up uh, in the next few days, which we will preview uh, at the end of the episode. But first off, we will kick the episode off with Newcastle six, Tottenham one, and the fallout from uh, said game. Let's talk about the game first before we talk about the fallout. Um, just, just me and Wilbur, like we were like, all right, yeah, it's an eleven o'clock game. That's pretty reasonable for a Sunday. Let's watch the first half and then go to bed. Mm. Um, and boy, did we not expect to, to get what we got from watching the first half of that game. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, we both predicted Newcastle to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, didn't think that would be five nil in inside twenty minutes. Um, Obviously, the highlights were Jacob Murphy's goal, which then got outshone by Joe Willock's pass yeah. to, to Isak. Um, Assist of the season. But yeah, I mean, we did speak as well about Stellini doing, I mean, having his own mark on the team or something, yeah. and he's reverted to or changed to a back four with Perisic at left back and Pedro Porro right, right back, who's... who's um, typically a wing back and has probably played in only really that system um, you know in, in his like the peak of his career so yeah it was, it was an interesting move and it didn't didn't really work didn't work at all but like. yeah do, do you think it's this the system they played or is it just it's oh, it's not 100% the system by, mm. by no means it's it's the, the changing system shone a light on the fact that the players already weren't good enough to play a system like that mm. but that's a more glaring issue that if you need your players to be in a back three or a back five for them to be remotely com- competent at the back then that's you know a more a more you know serious issue mm. i thought christian romero who has often been touted as quite a you know a top center back in the league thought he got found out immensely in the back four i thought it was one of the worst games i've seen from him and it actually links back to made me think of something that um, Max Rushton said when I was up at a Stan Sports <laughs> Studios, which is he thinks he's a Tottenham fan, and he says is he was like saying because Romero didn't have a great game against AC Milan in that game where he got sent off. He's like saying 
everyone says Romero's, you know, a good defender because he's got, like, people see him as like, one of those classic old hard nuts who, like, you know, loves a challenge and all that. But he just sees him as, like, a pretty average defender that's just reckless. Mm. And that gets him in, that gets him into trouble more often than it does, more often than it helps the team. Helps, helps yeah, the team. Yeah. And more and more I'm seeing that. Mm. And, you know, he's a pretty, you know, seasoned football opinion person. I feel like he's got a fairly good eye for that. Yeah. I saw a meme that was like um, this Romero World Cup medal and it's uh, Mustafi holding the, holding yeah. the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah, and it makes you think, like, before the World Cup, we were like, Lissandro Martinez, and, like, Romero is, like, the rock, and then Lissandro Martinez is the second best. And then Lissandro Martinez wasn't even starting because, like, they had uh, Otamendi. Mm. And, like, credit to them, they won the World Cup. But if you look at those three centre-backs now, Lissandro Martinez is the better of the three. Better of the three. Yeah, yeah. I think it's difficult with Romero. Like, I think he has been quite... He's obviously been good in a three. And then I think there's issues just, like, switching to... It, it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad in a four, but I mean, this team has played with five at the back since Conte took over, which is, I think, was it two seasons? Before, or was it this? It was, it was the, halfway through last season. Halfway through last season, yeah. yeah. And then before that, Nuno Espirito Santos was in charge, who also plays... No, he played a four, and, oh, they, he were, played and four. they were bad and they in were a bad. four. Yeah, true. I think, yeah, I think there's something to be said about, you know, the, the game that you switch to a back four, maybe your position could be off and you can be you can look a little bit worse. I still think Romero is, is a good centre-back. Yeah. But, yeah, the, there was definitely issues in that game, whether it's because they're adjusting to a different system. And it, and it is it is very different, your positioning. It is. But also... If you've got three centre-backs. But, like, the first goal isn't a, isn't a system thing. It's just three players let Joel Linton walk past them mm. and then get a shot off. And then and then Perisic is asleep at the back post and lets Jacob Murphy score. Mm. And then the second goal is just a ball over the top. Back four or back five, that should never happen. Yeah. And then I'd say like the third one's a great freak goal. And then the fourth one, like, you know, that's hard to defend against because it's just a world-class pass. But like the first two goals in the inside, what was it, five minutes, mm. it's just bad defending. Yeah, whatever way you slice it. Yeah, and it's, and it's probably not system related; it's more just work rate related. Yeah, but, yeah. But all in all, like just and Larice was terrible. Again. Yeah, and like we've been saying, or at least I no, you've been agreeing with me. I feel like more and more recently. Yeah, I haven't said it that much. Yeah, yeah, though. but like you haven't been disagreeing <laughs> with me. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, I've been saying it for a long time. Larice has washed. Um, he hasn't really been good for the past two seasons. Um, like he'll have one game where he pulls out a couple of decent saves and everyone's like, oh, still got it. And it's like, and then he'll have three more poor games. It's like, no. Yeah. And he, and he sometimes does things like De Gea with like the shit passing out yeah. as well. He, like, him and De Gea are, are, are like keepers of a, of a, of a generation that's passed. Mm, yeah, I agree. They're, they're, they're former, formerly brilliant shot stoppers who have never been good with their feet. And now their shot stopping is tailing off, and it's just they don't do any, anything that well anymore. Yeah, I still think De Gea is like a world class shot stopper. Oh no, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So, so but yeah, yeah, like Larissa. Larissa is the worst of him and De Gea. Yeah, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, Newcastle were also very good. Yeah, Newcastle were fantastic. Credits off to them. Um, like yeah, you like. Any team, like, like, yes, Spurs made it incredibly easy for them, but you still got to go out there and play the way they did. And some of the some of the interplay and finishing was just beautiful to watch. 
Yeah. Um, and and yeah, that like that should catapult them into the end, towards the end. It's a great way to respond after losing at Villa, and that should probably catapult them into a good charge for top four um, for the run, remainder of the season. Yeah. But the fallout from this, we've just spoken about Stellini trying to change things up with play, playing a back four. Obviously, didn't work and was glaringly bad. Also, sorry, just to mention as well, the fact that um, Davis Sanchez got brought on. And then was really good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they, well, looked, really, better. Really well, they good. looked They looked better because they went to a back five. Yeah. Probably. Not, he, he wasn't really good, but he looked like he was like, like yeah, they looked better because they went to, a back, went to a back five, but he also looked like the one player who kind of gave a shit. Like he was chasing yeah. balls down. He was cutting balls out. Like, hmm. yeah. Great man management from Selena. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, so obviously glaring managerial problems, a public apology from Daniel Levy, and then 48 hours later, Stellini has been uh, relieved of his duties with Ryan Mason to continue as interim manager until the end of the season. Um, yeah, it's just, just... I mean, if this was my club, I'd be like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the assistant took the job and then the assistant's assistant's now taking the job. Yeah. Like what really? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and Ryan Mason has taken the job before, hasn't he? Though he has, as like an interim thing. Yeah, yeah. and he, they did. I don't remember how they did, but I feel like there was some sort of bounce when he took over. But maybe. I, or, or what I will say is, I think it should have been him from the start because if it's an interim coach, it's like the, for the same reason that Chelsea signed Frank, like Frank Lampard. I'm not saying that that was a good appointment, but like if you're going to get an interim coach, it needs to be a fresh face, not you know, someone of the Antonio Conte tree yeah, and someone that knows the club, right? Yeah. Mason knows the club. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, um, it's like big dunk taking over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or Freddie Jumberg taking over at Arsenal before they got Arteta. Like, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think this is, it's like, this it's, it's appointment should have happened when they got rid of Conte. Uh, I don't think it will fix anything from now until the end of the season. Um, I think the issues that, at Tottenham uh, run pretty deep, uh, much deeper than a manager can or an interim manager can fix. Mm. So, yeah. Um, and they've got plenty of big games uh, coming up, we, uh, the first of which we'll, we'll discuss in a bit. But, yeah. But speaking of Spurs managers, past and present, a past uh, Spurs manager is being linked to the Chelsea job quite strongly. Nice segue. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Um, Richie Pochettino, as reported by Fruzio Romano, seems to be uh, emerging as the front runner for the Chelsea job with talks in final stages and seem to be progressing well, according to Mr. Romano. What do you What do you think? Not huge on it. No, I don't think so. Either. No, I can I, I, I can kind I, I don't hate it, but compared to the names they were being linked to, it's a bit like mm, you know what I mean, like. I'd love to know why. Is there any reports of why Nuggles, Nugglesman? Apparently, the only report that I think I saw from Mano was that it, it was potentially his choice to step yeah. out of the race. Yeah. And but apparently, it was Chelsea's decision to not pursue Luis Enrique. Like they had like a meeting with him in person, and they chose not to. Which, if that's true, then that's and then they went with Pochettino. That's baffling to me. Yeah. Like Luis Enrique is a much better option than Pochettino. Yeah. Not not much better, but he's a better mm. option. Yeah. And yeah, I saw the other name in the in the mix was uh, what's his what's his name Vincent Company. Yeah, I think I mean th- that would be another 
you know, in the mold of, I mean, he obviously hasn't done as much as Graham Potter, but sort of like backing a young manager for a long-term project. Yeah, or like an Arteta type thing. Yeah, It seems like they've kind of gone the midway where they've gone with someone who's a pretty established manager for a long-term project. And it, it doesn't seem terrible, but no. he didn't, I don't know, it's very, like it's very hard for me to say how he went at PSG, to be honest. I didn't watch them play that much. I think he did all right. He but, did all right, but like he didn't do as good with the same score that Tuchel had. Like Tuchel like won the treble and made the Champions League final, mm-hmm. won the domestic treble and made the Champions League final, yeah. and then they sacked him for some reason, and then Pochettino came in and won the won the league, and that's about it. Yeah, it but like, I think yeah, but what he did at Tottenham before that was very very good. Until it wasn't though, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Like he got them to a Champions League final credit and to second in the league credit, but then that it seemed to just tail off from there. Like that was the peak, and that's not going to be good enough for Chelsea fans. Mm. Well, like, actually, to be fair, in the short term, that would be good enough. Back to back to top four and making a deep run in a cup, that'll be good enough. But Chelsea fans will like with the squad that they have, which is a good squad. We've talked about plenty of times. Within a, within at least a season, will want to be back in top four. And if and if that happens, then the next season, the like the with this with the squad they have and the money they have at their disposal, will be expecting to be back in the title race. Yeah. I think the one interesting thing would whether like would be whether a move for Harry Kane would be more likely given it's a manager they used to work with. Yeah, I did. I did hear, see an account that I like to follow, I like to follow um, on TikTok talking about this, yeah. saying is like is it is there like a slim possibility that Kane could come to Chelsea? Yeah. Um, with the signing of Mauricio Pochettino, only reason I would be hesitant if Chelsea were in European football in any stretch, whether that Europa or Champions League, I mm. could see it. Yeah. But as they're in none, I'm less inclined. Yeah, yeah. I also just think Harry Kane fits the mold that is like the perfect hybrid of what Ten Hag wants. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a Wout Weghorst combined with Anthony Martial. Mm. So. Yeah. yeah. Not like, like he's way better than both of those players, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I mean, attribute-wise, yeah. he's got both and does both. Yeah. Yeah. Or, to, to those or, or listening, I know I do not think Harry Kane is a, the love child of Wout Van Gaal. But yeah. A, anyway, if if he does get appointed, I mean, it's it's not terrible. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. We talk. We I think we spoke last. What, were we talking about that off air? But any about, about Chelsea kind of fading. You know, if if, if they don't sort things out. I think we also mentioned on the podcast. We didn't. We but, didn't mention how we wished about. Yeah. Wished exactly. <laughs> And we won't mention it yet. <laughs> I think that I mean that could happen. I mean, if it's an if it's if it doesn't work out, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not what you'd expect. Like Chelsea would have done in the past, I suppose. No, but this is the new Chelsea regime. Yeah, it seems to be. Although they, you know, they have very quickly just turned into the old Chelsea by sacking a manager mid-season, and then yeah. Anyway, but like you can like like for for. Chelsea fans' sake, they'd hope that this Pochettino comes in. And then I've also heard another good thing um, about the Pochettino hiring, which I think is also a good point, is that at Tottenham, he was very good at developing young players, mm. like Deli Alley, um, Kyle Walker to a point. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? Jung Min Son was only 24 when he came. Yeah, Harry Kane. Mm. So you, know, you look at Chelsea... Enzo Fernandez, Madueke, Reese James. Uh, there's lots of other ones I'm, I can't I can't think of right now. Uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, um, Badia Shiel, yeah, Malagusto, all of them. So 
I think Pochettino is a good project manager because that was evidence with Tottenham. But it, the only issue is once he gets Chelsea back up and that squad to the back to the top four, how then does he kick on to the next level? Because we haven't really seen him do that. Yeah, true. Unless, like, because like the, winning the French league is not him kicking on to the next level. Because like any manager can do that. Yeah, with the, with the squad that PSG can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting anyway. If if he gets appointed, if he gets appointed, but it seems like that's really the only. Yeah, but I think uh, the, the one thing, the last thing I'll say is I think it's good that they're getting it finalized pretty soon, so that's not like so it's not bleeding into the off season with them still not having a manager. Yeah, and and the manager has the full transfer window yeah and some time before that to have a think about yeah because i think it'll be it'll like be fully back it'll be like when ten Hag was thinking like like i pointed like he's not going to come in before the end of the season mm. he's, he's like it was like ten Hag was announced or like it was fribitio confirmed before the end of the season but ralph ragnick saw the end of the season out mm. yeah anyway <laughs> uh pacino coming in probably uh We'll see how that goes out. I forgot about Ra- Ragnick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Suppressed memories. Um, speaking of United, they beat Brighton. A great segue. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, they beat Brighton on penalties in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, a game which Brighton, on the balance of chances in, in the 120 minutes, you could say a little bit hard dumber to not score and potentially win the game. Or at least that's how uh, Roberto De Zerbi felt. Uh, in post-match quotes, but uh, he would say that. That's that's not that's not how football works. You got to put the ball in the back of the net, and they didn't. And then they, uh, Man United did it more times than them in the penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. So- Solly March a bit of uncharacter. I mean, I haven't seen him take that many penalties, but he's been very good for Brighton over the last yeah. like two seasons or so. So it's it's just always a terrible thing to see. Yeah, missing those high stakes penalties. But they set up a uh, first ever Manchester Derby FA Cup final after Man City breezed past Sheffield United 3-0 the day before. Um, it's a very exciting game. Mm. Uh, obviously, Man City will probably go in heavy favourites like, due to Man United's uh, injury issues. Yeah, um, and just recent form. And recent form. Been, yeah. But you just never know. Yeah. I don't know. I get the feeling United are going to win. I've just, got, I've just got a feeling about it. You got a feeling. <laughs> Um, I think it's going to go one of two ways. Like, I think it's know. going to be like United grind out like an extra time or penalties win, or City win like four nil. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's it's not going to be like okay, it's not going to be like it's going to be like United grind out a one all or nil all or like two one or like or like one nil win in extra time or a draw and goes to penalties or yeah City smash them. It's not going to be like any of that middle ground stuff where it's like you know. City maybe win like two one in a cagey game. Like it's gonna be a cagey game that goes goes the distance, or City are gonna smash them in ninety. Mm, yeah, that's my that's my read on it. True. I, I mean, I think if it does go to penalties, I get the feeling United would lose. Would lose. Yeah. Really? Just just I mean, just because they've just won a penalty shootout that was like very close. So like law know. of averages. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Mm. I guess we can discuss it closer to the game, but when is it in June? I think no, I think it's end of May, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think all football has to, is usually finished by by June. Oh no, fourth of June. There you go, fourth of June. Sunday, FA Cup. That'll be that's got to be the last game of the season then, surely. Mm, yeah. 
Um, except I think the Champions League final was the last game of the season, but still. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it'd be crazy if United finished the season with, with two trophies, two, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. And this one holds a lot more weight than the League Cup. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, the yes, very exciting game that we will... Uh, we're still like a month and a half away from, but and I hadn't seen that much of Riyad Mahrez recently. I feel like maybe I just haven't been watching City that much, but yeah, to score to score a hat trick in the semi final was pretty. Impressive. Oh, he scored a hat trick in that game. Mm. Oh my god, I did not even know that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, I think he, he's just one of those players. He like he's good every time he plays, but he just flies under the radar for whatever reason. Mm. But I think he's phenomenal. Um, but yes, speaking of Riyad Mahrez and Manchester City, <laughs> that brings us... Man, I'm on fire today. Um, that brings us to the first of our two previews of two huge games uh, occurring over Thursday and Friday mornings, Australia time. Uh, and the first one is the, the one that we, that we needed to do a podcast earlier in the week to make sure we got this game in. Uh, it's Man City versus Arsenal. Um, the biggest game in the Premier League from now to the end of the season yeah like without a doubt but this the biggest game yeah obviously this season yeah I can't was it that close it was that close towards the end they, of last year wasn't it no what Who, no between was Liverpool up there yeah yeah it was Liverpool yeah 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 um yeah, and, and anyway, it's 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 a huge game. How, how do you see how do you see it going? Um Saliba is confirmed out. He'll he'll miss it. Um so that's obviously a worry. Uh Man City with the return of Phil Foden uh to training um means they have an inf- entirely fully fit squad with zero injuries. Love to hear that. <laughs> Before that's they play crazy. us. Um outside of Saliba, I think we're pretty fit as well. But that's not that much of a that not as much of a scary concept considering our squad depth is not what cities is. Um, look, we haven't won the Eddie had in 20, since twenty since twenty fifteen. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, we're we're missing one of our two, like one uh, one half of our you know, if we were to win the league, league winning centre back pairing. Because like Rob, Hol- like well, I like Rob Holding, but like and like he hasn't had any like glaring clangers like Maguire has. He don't, I don't think he's that much of a drop off from Saliba like Maguire is from Sandra Martinez. Mm. But he's just not as good, and it's not like he doesn't show up in like errors. It just shows up in like the confidence that the back line seems to play with and without Saliba, and like just little things like. You know, it, when he gets when he he got isolated one on one with Mikel Antonio in the West Ham game, and he gets beat one on one. It's like that doesn't happen with Saliba. It's just like it's just like an air of nervousness that yeah. Arsenal fans get, and then by association, probably the team has a little bit. Yeah, with him in it, and like a physical edge, which is like you know very important when you're playing against Erling Haaland. Yeah, like, between like, the two, Saliba's six like, four and can and is as fast as any forward he plays against. Whereas yeah. Rob Holding is. Still pretty tall, like six two, but he's very slow. Mm. And Saliba is way better on the ball. Um, yeah, so he's just a better defender. Um, so yeah, I think Rob holding up against Erling Haaland is is a daunting prospect. But Rob, but like, I, I Rob holding has it in his locker to just like to be solid. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I obviously I think City are going to score in this game. It's just more can we? Because like, we've been a bit hit and miss over the past 
three games where we've drawn, most noted, most recently against Southampton and West Ham and Liverpool. We've been on for certain periods in those games, like first, 30, first 40 minutes against Liverpool, first 30 minutes against West Ham, last 15 minutes against Southampton. Can we be on for... 60 plus minutes of the city game mm. uh, ideally 90 but i i don't i, I don't think any team is, is on for 90 minutes mm. in the premier league it's just for, it's just impossible to be to keep up that level for that long yeah. but if we can not make because we made two big mistakes when we lost to them at the emirates that gives like gabriel gave the ball away in midfield and tommy Asu with that shocker back pass to ramsdale that kevin de bruyne scored yeah. if we can not make big mistakes and just be on them so if we can if we can be on them for 60, 70 minutes, and then for the other 20, 30 minutes, just be solid. Yeah. Not necessarily like on, but like, you know, just holding our own. Yeah, we can beat them. But that's a big, big, big task. How do you see it? So I've talked for a bit there, but. No, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know. I think I think if Arsenal are playing at their best, they, they can win for sure. I mean, like Ever- Everton, have, I mean, it's obviously a very different situation, but Everton took a point there as well. Like, I think Arsenal have have the team to beat City. It's just whether they're whether they're up for it. I think yeah, you spoke about like the last few games them being a bit like look a little bit nervous almost. I feel like if if they come into the game like that, then it's not going to end well. But yeah, if they're up for it, and do, do you think they're going to be up for it? Or do you think they're going to? I think nervous? I, I think they'll be up for it because I don't think it's nervousness that's been. Um... Okay. Uh, against Southampton, West Ham, and Liverpool, I think the issue, and this was pointed out by I think Jamie Carragher, the issue has been complacency. Weirdly, mm. we've gone two nil, like maybe not in the Southampton game. I don't know what happened there, but even that was like casual casualness from Aaron Ramsdale for the to give away that error for the first goal, and then again casualness from Thomas Partey to give the ball away for the second goal. Mm. Uh, but then yeah, in the in the Liverpool and West Ham games, we played out of our skin phenomenal football for the first 30 40 minutes of both those games yeah, and then, and then and like off the bat as well yeah, yeah and then we were just kind of like whatever it's a stroll in the park made silly errors like you know Shakaron Trent uh Shaq yeah on Trent which fired the crowd up and then Thomas Partey giving the ball away against Declan Rice which led to the penalty so yeah i think we don't we won't be nervous but it's more if we do come out and get a lead it's you know, we have to realize fucking Man City we're playing. Yeah, like, I think there would be less complacency against Man City. As you'd well. hope so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pr- prediction time. <laughs> one thing. Uh, one thing. I actually no. We'll do predictions then. Then I'll say it afterwards. Okay. Um, predictions. My heart and my head are saying two very. This is this is one of the games where, like, where my heart and head are saying very very different things. Uh, my head. If, if, if I'm trying to think of that, this if I was neutral, my head is saying City will win two one. My heart is saying we're gonna we're gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll I'll meet in the middle and say I think we can get a draw. I'm mm. gonna. I was right with the Liverpool Arsenal result, um, so I'll go two all. Yeah, you can see a draw here, can't you? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back Arsenal. I'm gonna say two one to Arsenal. Hell yeah, brother! Put a rad there. <laughs> nice. Um, well, the one thing I will say before we move on is that I don't think, um, I, I don't think that like after looking at City's fixture list over the next ten to twelve games, 
I don't, I, I don't think the result of this game holds as much weight as I thought it did a week ago because City have, including this game, have to play 10 games in the next 32 days. Hmm. True. Champions like, League, if I, champ, yeah. like, like they've got stacks of games. They've got like Premier League games midweek, catch up Premier League games, two Champions League games. Uh, like it's it's just crazy. Like they're playing games nonstop. Hmm. They do have a big squad though. They do, but like I don't think like this is this is what tripped Liverpool up last season when they were battling on all four fronts and people were saying, "Oh, is the quadruple on?" Yeah, and then it all fell apart. Same people saying the same stuff about City is the treble on. Mm. Uh, and like yes they could very well do it but I find it very hard very rare that a um, team with that much that much to do in, in in a month comes out of it with maximum points yeah and yeah someone was saying me at soccer training last night maybe maybe one of those losses comes in a uh, in a cup game but I don't know I think if, if there's gonna be any game where they like run that extra mile or stretch that extra foot for a block on the goal line or for to tap into the back post, it'll be those Champions League games yeah, against Real Madrid, not Premier League games against Fulham or Leicester or mm. Everton. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think Yeah, I think the Everton game is a tricky one. Like, Everton will obviously absolutely. be like, yeah, obviously fighting relegation, which maybe we can touch on another episode um, at home as well. I mean, at Goodison Park, so... Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no easy games in the Premier League, um, even though it looks like, on the surface, something that they should be able to do. Yeah. Mm. All right, finally. Just, wait, just just, just quickly. Yeah. I heard Rio Ferdinand say, I think it was like just recently, that if if United win, finish third with one trophy and Arsenal finish second with... With no trophies, do do you think United's had a better season? No, no. <laughs> that's a fucking terrible take <laughs> from a United fan. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awful. First off, it's like the trophy people care about the least out of the four trophies available to Premier League teams. Yeah, yeah. well, like yeah, I respect the League Cup, but like I say, by by the same token, if you look at the squads that Arsenal, Liverpool, and and even City to a point put out in those tournaments in the earlier rounds, it's like they put out a bunch of kids like yeah. it's like not this, like Arsenal rotated I'm pretty sure an entire first 11 mm. for their for their cup game so did Liverpool uh, and like credit to United they they, they like they rotated a bit but they still kept in a fair few players and like credit to them they made it to the end and they won it but if you like look at where Arsenal's were projected to finish this season a lot of people projected Man United to finish above them with yeah. Edson Hag like and I thought that was ludicrous but but like people, a lot of people picked Arsenal to either finish fourth or finish outside the top four. Yeah, and we've we've with six games to go in the season, we're still battling for the league. Yeah, like even if we don't win a trophy, that's an that's a great great season. Yeah, yeah. What about if they had the FA Cup? Still yeah, no? then then we can talk. Then we can yeah, talk. Yeah. Like to finish third. Then, wait, then there's a debate. Yeah. Then there's a, then yeah. if they finish third and they win the FA Cup, then there's a debate for yeah. sure. Yeah, but. Who's to say they're going to finish third, first and foremost? <laughs> yeah, true. Like, with the way Newcastle are playing, and, I don't know, like, with the injuries Man United now have. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think I saw that, and I was like, no. Yeah. Um, speak, it's, a, it's a terrible part. Speaking, yeah, speaking of Man United, uh, the last game we'll preview before we round out things today is um, Spurs versus Man United uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Friday morning. Big game, two teams uh, in a bit of a nosedive form-wise. 
Actually, well, no, United just won, made it FA Cup final. But in the league, in the league and uh, actually, no, United are doing okay in the league. Yeah. So not nosedive, but like Tottenham in a nosedive form-wise. And United with some... Petering uh, a little bit. United with some up and down form mm, in yeah. recent in recent weeks across all competitions. Um, I get I, I get the feeling for this one that this may be when the bounce comes for Tottenham. For Tottenham? They just got smashed... Like by they need Newcastle, a, they need a response. They have obviously, you know, Ryan Mason, who you know probably will be able to get them up potentially a little bit more than Stellini did, um, and I reckon it would be close. But wait, should I do a prediction? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, my thoughts on this game is, I think there'll be a little bit of bounce from Tottenham, but I don't think it's going to be. A massive amount, just simply for the fact that I just think at this point, like, like, like the the heads are gone a bit with Tottenham. That's mm. the vibe I got from the Newcastle game. Like, like it wasn't it like like new manager bounce can come in and they can like work a bit harder, but like structurally, there's there's issues there. Yeah. Uh, and personnel wise, that some of the players are just not good enough. Um. So yeah, I mean, like to, to be fair, like we were we were asking when we were watching the Spurs Newcastle game, where's Eves Basuma? Ben Tanker has been injured. If Izbazuma has been injured, then fair enough. But if if he's not injured, he's on the bench, and Oliver skips getting played played over him, that's that's a glaring issue because he, he's much better than Oliver Skip. Yeah. 100%. Um. But if he, but yeah, so like maybe Ryan Mason comes in and plays him over Oliver Skip, uh, and that and next to Hoiberg, that could be something that you know a more dynamic thing. Um. But yeah, I I think. There'll be a bounce, which may, and so they're not going to, you know, com- capitulate like they did against Newcastle. But like United, while their back four isn't as good, like apparently um, Vincent, who uh, United fan friend of the show, was saying that Luke Shaw and um, Lindelof played centre back together against Brighton and looked pretty good. Mm. And Luke Shaw's played centre back before. This yeah, this season. season yeah. Well, yeah. So if they if they play that, then then they might, you know. Uh, be a little bit more solid and then you know Rashford against that Spurs back four is you know pretty dangerous so he came back apparently he's on the brink of returning he was he was spotted in the tunnel at the Brighton game oh okay so that was only two weeks ago yeah so yeah so he's been out so they're like without been without Bento Kerr and Basuma next to Hoiberg so that's probably why Oliver Skip's been playing yeah um my gut feeling is United United will still win this or it'll be winner I, I, I just don't see Tottenham winning like like they're so they'll, they'll get a response it'll, it'll be closer but it's just if, if this was a, if this was, I reckon if this was a, t- a slightly easier team to play than United then they might have a new manager bounce and they get up but you know, it's just a tall task to come back after six losing 6-1 to Newcastle mm. like to then come back and beat United who are a good team like decent yeah Predictions. I reckon a draw. You reckon a draw? I'm gonna say one all draw. One all. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm going to go. Um, two one to United. Yeah. Two one to United. Yeah, it has the potential to be a pretty like uninteresting game. Yeah. 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 But even though it's big names, you never know. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, you just got to hope that Kane can pull something out of the bag because, yeah, that's their only hope, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and United should be... Actually, maybe I should pick United to win because they should be up for it. Because if they win, they're basically like, I don't know, top it, fours basically yeah, in the bag. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But a draw keeps them, keeps everyone else in the hunt. I mean, to be fair, Tottenham and Tottenham, Villa and Liverpool are the only teams really... I mean, maybe Brighton, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't seem to have, I, I, I feel like Brighton are pretty trying to make a, trying to make a top six push, not much a tight top four push. Mm. Yeah. But you never know. But yes. Uh, I'll stick with one. I'll stick yeah. With one. I'll go two on United. And that'll, that'll do us. Um, yes. So we'll see you next week, I guess, with uh, me either... All the fallout. All the fallout <laughs> from, from those two big games. Um, is, is there football on um, on the weekend? Because, like, why are all these games happening midweek? There is, like, it rolls straight into the next Oh, you're day. joking. What? Oh, tr- oh, yeah, okay, okay. And there's some big games coming up in that, we'll too. We'll have to squeeze one in. Yeah, okay. Anyway, there's some big games coming up. Um, Premier League football never doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Uh, but as you well, actually we do sleep but you know <laughs> as the saying goes um, but if, you, if you've liked what you've heard uh, on Spotify give us a follow chuck us a five star rating and follow us on Instagram 40yardswitch.pod uh, you'll see when we post an episode when we post an Instagram story and maybe if you follow me you'll see me post about it too <laughs> that's jack.lumberson <laughs> uh, don't, don't ask me why that's my name <laughs> anyway bye for now not for a while